0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Ready, now. Oh. Hut, 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 hut. This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears, presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming.
2: What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. We are breaking down everything from week five and previewing everything week six against the Washington Commanders. It's a short week for the Bears as they return to action on Thursday night at home, looking to get back to 500, following a loss to Minnesota. I'm one of your co-hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, it was another game where the Bears kind of fell behind. Um, They played catch up. They they took the lead. In the end, they fell and they fall to uh, two and three in the year. But in my eyes, and I think you'd agree as well, I think there's some positives you can kind of take away from this game.
3: Yeah, there absolutely is. I mean, in terms of uh, rebuilding losses, you know, that are kind of wins in a sense, I I think this is about the closest that you're going to get to it at this point, right? I mean, we're just kind of at that point where – it's very evident that the bears are not going to compete for compete for a playoff spot. And obviously we've kind of said that all along. I know some people believe that the bears are going to surprise some people. And as we're seeing, like the bears are just a team that severely lacks, uh, you know, top end talent and they lack enough top end talent. And frankly, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to be, uh, a lot of ugly games and it's kind of unfortunate because i thought that you know this season was going to be a little bit more exciting than the last and then to to be completely fair i mean what we've seen within the trend of this team is they tend to play better in the second half of games you know it's like i mean i, I don't know about you but when the bears got down 21 to 3 i just basically i wrote the game off at that point I, I didn't think there was any way in hell that they were even going to get back within two scores of the game and yet you know it went from 21 to three to them up 22 to 21 real quick. And, and again, you know, I, I think there, there are some positive things. Um, there are some things that just completely flipped from last week. I think the overall aggression within the coaching staff, um, you know, going forward on fourth down the onside kick uh, the two point conversion. I think those are all positive things, especially with a rebuilding team that again, is not going to win a ton of games this year. that's not going to compete for a playoff spot. You got nothing to lose at this point. And then I think, the most obvious one um, obviously has to be Justin Fields. I I don't know if you agree, but I feel like this is the best that we've seen Justin Fields look all year. And I think from a start to finish standpoint, this is probably one of the better performances that he's had uh, in the NFL so far.
2: Yeah, I do agree. I think that's the biggest point. Um, you know, looking back at that giants game, I thought he made some progress with some of the throws um, and then moving forward here into Minnesota. I, I do think this was his best game. And, You know, after that Pittsburgh game last year, we kind of saw things go a little downhill. Uh, The Bears had a bye week, I believe, right after. And the things they did well in that game, they kind of went away from, you know, with like the boot action, the play fakes, getting them on the run. After this Vikings game, I do feel better. And, you know, they fell behind. They got the key play on special teams with like a, a shanked punt and then a penalty on top of it. He hits Darnell Mooney with the incredible catch. It was, it was actually a really damn good ball. Um, I thought Mooney could have caught that in stride, probably been a touchdown. But then they come back from the game and they take the lead. You know, they make it. Um, what was it? Twenty three? No, it was twenty two. They lead like twenty two to twenty or something like that. Whatever it was. Twenty two um, to twenty one.
3: Twenty
2: two to twenty one. They they take the lead and. He looked good, and it wasn't only just on throws, but if you watched, I mean, third down, he felt the pressure. He, I thought he did really well in the pocket this game. I thought his pocket presence was the best we've seen. He felt the pressure. He got out. He went through his reads, made his reads. He wasn't helped by some of his receivers with a couple drops, and he made plays happen with his feet and and kept things alive. And, you know, those are bonuses. And, you know, if you want to nitpick, and I think it's fair to say – you also have to convert those chances into touchdowns. You know, they get two field goals in the second half. They find the end zone on both of those or even one, you know, it's a whole new ball game and they probably win this game. So yeah, you know, they fell behind early. They they could have just gone into a shell and, and I thought it was going to be a blowout. I, I really thought Minnesota was going to do whatever they wanted to do in the second half as well. And the offense is going to struggle, but they're a second half team. And they, they got it done with the comeback. They just couldn't hold on at the end. And, you know, I don't know about you, but, When Justin Field got that ball, I thought we were going to – at the end, I thought we were looking at his third comeback of the year in this game, and I thought he was going to march him right down the field and get him into the end zone. Now, it's a shame it didn't happen. A brutal mistake by Mears Smith-Marset. But, yeah, man, it it is what it is. I I just really thought Field's played a lot better, and there's a lot to take away from this game.
3: Well, and I think we saw something that, you know, we kind of talked about in the preseason, too, where, you know, this team is – because of the, the amount of turnover that this roster has had because of the lack of proven talent on this team and how young this team is, this, this, this is a group that is learning how to win games. And obviously we saw them pull it off in week one. Um, We've seen them, you know, with another comeback win as well. Um, But we've also seen, you know, last week against the giants. And obviously that didn't end up working out because they couldn't get in the end zone. And then this week where they did take the lead, and unfortunately, their defense couldn't make the stop necessary. And then obviously, you know, the the, the Smith-Marset fumble really just, I mean, that just tanked everything. But I also think that we're kind of starting to see, you know, especially within this game, that the margin for victory is so thin for a team like the Bears right now, right? And I say that because, yeah, obviously the, the, the comeback was impressive, but there was one key play. And I know people are going to disagree. I'm going to stick to my guns because I've watched the replay. I don't know how many times and I just don't see it. Uh, with Amir, Mar- Amir Smith-Marset uh, on that, uh, that illegal, quote-unquote, block in the back. I, don't, I, I still don't see it. I don't see that as a block in the back. He got one hand on him. It was on the side. It was very clear, and even the DB said after the game that he yeah. basically flopped. But that right there was a difference of four points. I mean, that was a touchdown from Justin Fields rushing the ball. Versus the field goal that they ended up having to settle for, that was the difference between four points. I mean, you're looking at let's just say that happens. Minnesota goes down the field and they, you know, they drive in for the touchdown. All of a sudden, the Bears are down three points. So all of a sudden, maybe uh, you know, Smith Marset is not having to feel the way that he did in terms of trying to make something into a bigger play than what it needed to be. Obviously, what he did was inexcusable. He's a second year player. Uh, He was a day three pick. Um, He's learning a new offense those are the kind of things that he's got to work on. Um, you know, but again, this is what happens with a rebuilding team. But again, that little margin for error right there, that one call that went against them really, really, really hurt them. And that could have been the difference in the game, because again, maybe the bears go down and they say, okay, we're going to settle, you know, they, they go into that drive thinking we're going to settle for a field goal. Um, and maybe they take an the overtime and they lose anyway, just the same way that if, you know, even if uh, Smith-Marset doesn't fumble the ball, uh, maybe they get in the end zone they tie it up um and then they go into overtime and they lose it because their defense can't make a stop but i, I you know it's just frustrating and it's frustrating because obviously of the fumble it's frustrating because of the you know the the penalty that i don't think should have been but it's also frustrating just because it felt like Justin Fields had really had full command of, of, you know, of that offense throughout the majority of the game. I mean, he was what 12 for 13 in the second half, like 135 yards. Uh, He was seeing the field really well. He was making good decisions Um, when the, you know, the pocket wasn't holding up overly well for him, but he was actually making smart decisions and, and doing what he needed to do. I wish, even if they would have lost the game anyway, I really wish we could have seen how that drive was going to complete. Because again, those are the kind of situations, and this is kind of going back to the same thing with the Giants game the week prior. Those are the kind of situations that you're going to see a lot with a quarterback. And the more that you put that quarterback in that position, you're going to see growth. And if you don't see growth, then you know that that's not going to be your guy. And it's very frustrating from that standpoint that they've had two situations in back-to-back weeks where – Justin Fields should have had the opportunity to go down and either lead them into the end zone to try to tie the game or, you know, make the mistake that ends up losing them the game. And in both opportunities that he had, he didn't get that. He didn't he didn't get the opportunity to have either one of those things happen. And I think that's the most frustrating thing about it. I mean, we talked about the Giants when they were down eight points. Uh, they, they threw the ball one time and it was basically a throw at the line of scrimmage. They ran the ball the rest of the time. They ran it on a third and two got nothing punted on fourth and two from the 45 yard line. And then this week, obviously with the Smith-Marset, you know, fumble, it's just, it, it's, those are the kind of moments where I that's where I'm more frustrated. That's what bothers me more than the bears losing at this point, because frankly, I mean, I, I tweeted about it a lot. I mean, like, especially in that first half. I mean, that, that first half was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. They were getting out-coached. They were getting out-played. They weren't making any adjustments. And then all of a sudden, that Darnell Mooney catch happens. They get in the end zone, and the entire game flips around. And all of a sudden, they start being more aggressive. And that's the kind of team, and that's the kind of effort that we have to hope that we see, you know, on a consistent basis. Because let's be honest, man. I mean, if you look at their schedule right now, right? I mean, obviously, they they have Washington, and we'll preview that game a little bit uh you know on thursday night and then they have the patriots which is another winnable game then they have dallas who's weirdly four and one when cooper russia started you know uh four of the five games then miami uh, so those are you know the dallas and miami games are tough but then you have detroit atlanta the jets who've been playing better football but they're still beatable like there are if you start looking around i mean they've got the lions twice they got the vikings again i mean there are some very winnable games but unfortunately then you have you know you also have the Packers you have the Eagles you have the Bills uh, you know again the Dolphins like so Not every game is going to be competitive, but I think that within the games that they can stick in to see them fight the way that they did is awesome. But it would also be kind of nice to see Justin Fields be able to actually lead them down for the game-time drive or the game-winning drive or whatever it may be. Even in Trubisky's rookie year, we got to see that a few times. And, again, I I expect that to happen. They're going to be in a lot of close games because the reality of it is is even the quote-unquote bad teams that they're facing – The Bears are more comparable to a bad team than they are a good team right now, right? I mean, I think we all know that. So we're going to see some closer finishes. I hope by the end of the season, um, Fields will have a few successful game-winning drives, whether that's on the last drive of the game or whatever it may be. I'm hoping at the end of the year that he'll have a few of these drives that actually go somewhere and he has the ability to either make or break the drive himself instead of something else around him being the reason that it didn't work
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah. And, you know, with the block in the back, I agree. I don't think it was a block in the back. I think it was. A complete sell job and a good job by the defensive back, and I, I think it was Cameron Dansler as well who had the sell job on that. Listening to that broadcast and, and watching it though, I forgot the announcer that brought it up. Made a good point. All Smith Marcell has to do is use the sideline to his advantage, and he kind of did the opposite, um, where he went the other way towards the the DB, which I think is what kind of caused the sell on that. If he just goes to the sideline there, I think field still goes by him and it's still a touchdown, but. Yeah, it kind of just goes back to Bears players making these key mistakes. Um, you saw Dante Pettis drop two passes. You saw Smith-Marset have two key mistakes. The talent around Justin Fields outside of David Montgomery and Quill Herbert and Darnell Mooney isn't great. And that goes back to the offseason decisions You know, to bring in Byron Pringle, to bring in Dante Pettis, to to kind of bring in some of these guys who may not be fully proven and are not the best weapons for your offense. And it's very hard to evaluate a quarterback like Justin Fields when he's throwing um, two guys like this and he doesn't really have, you know, the true number one receiver, which, you know, I think is is lacking in this offense. And I don't think, you know, I don't think that, um, that Darnell Mooney's a bad wide receiver. I don't think he's a true number one wide receiver and they need to find weapons because if Justin Fields is is doing this with these guys here um what can we do you know with guys that are proven and are number 1 wide receivers and targets so we do have to take that into a you know consideration as well but yeah it, it's crazy because watching that game and and seeing those mistakes I kind of just felt like it was going to come back and bite them but yeah, it was, um for me, you know, the takeaway is Justin Fields led this offense on multiple scoring drives. He looked good. He was making consistent throws. He was accurate. Um, You know, there was a couple of key moments where him and Darnell Mooney didn't really seem to be on the same page. I think the one that Harrison Smith kind of flew in and made a play at the end. If Fields lets that ball go, you know, second sooner, it's an easy touchdown. The one earlier in the game, I have to go back and look. I, I don't know if you've seen it again, but... Kind of felt like maybe Darnell wasn't, and Darnell and Justin weren't on the same page there, because it felt like Darnell was breaking open for a touchdown in the in the end zone, and maybe field either threw it too far, the route was maybe cut off, Um whatever the case, maybe I, I think that gets better as time goes on. But I think the key now here, at Aaron, for the Bears is, yeah, you, you lost, but you had a good performance from your quarterback. You had another good performance in the second half by your defense, for the most part. Can you build on this and can you be consistent? Because you have a Washington Commanders team who is pretty bad. Carson Wentz has been good for two games. He's been awful for the rest of the games. You have a chance now to build on this, on this performance from Fields and take it in. Can you get another 200-yard passing game? And if he can, I think the narrative on Fields starts to completely flip. I think we're starting to get closer and closer to, okay, maybe he is really the guy, but in if you could build now a couple games where he looks good, um, it's obviously gonna bold well for his future here in Chicago.
3: Yeah, well, you know, so on that on that Mooney and Fields play that should have been a touchdown, I think one of two things happened. And I don't I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think yeah. there's been any clarification one way or another. But it was fair either I, no, either Mooney ran uh was way too deep on that route or Fields threw it too short. Uh either way, yeah, it was definitely a miscommunication. Yeah. The first
2: quarter to, one, right? Yeah, I think exactly yeah
3: yeah, yeah. I mean it was, I think it was the first drive
2: yeah I think it yeah. was yeah. Yeah. yeah I
3: mean that was I mean that was one of those like you give that a few more weeks um and especially with Arnell Mooney getting more involved and you know finally actually catching passes and all that stuff I, I I think that that's going to be a relatively easy touchdown I mean that was a perfectly queued up play uh great play call and unfortunately just the the overall communication whatever that was they weren't on the same page but yeah I think you know when you're talking about fields you know it, it's it's a tough evaluation, right? Because, you know, looking back to week four, uh, I wouldn't classify his performance as good or, you know, whatever, but I do think it was a sizable improvement. I know some people disagreed in the moment, it was sizable improvement over what we'd seen the, the three weeks prior. And I would actually classify this last week as a good performance because, really, again, I, and I know this is kind of nitpicky, but when you're when you're looking at fields performances right now, right. You have to not only look at, okay, he finally broke 200 yards. um, You know, he had a pretty good completion percentage overall. um, But at the same time, when you're looking at it, the last two weeks combined, he's combined for over 70% of the offense's total yardage. Right. So, I mean, he had close to 90% of the team's total yardage this week alone between uh, his rushing yards and his passing yards. And So, you know, obviously that shows a few things. One, it shows that, you know, Fields is indeed improving and is a huge part of this offense, which obviously we knew was going to be the case. And secondly, it also shows that they just do not have any weapons around him right now. I mean, you pointed out, I mean, Dante Pettis has three drops in the last two games. Uh, uh, You know, the the Smith-Marset stuff obviously is not great. Uh, eq st brown again i mean here's the thing like he's not doing anything that he hasn't done the the you know the four years prior that he's been in the league i mean the reality of it is is he's a good depth receiver he's a good fourth receiver he shouldn't be your second receiver darnell mooney obviously has got to get going as well but it's a lot easier for teams to key on a guy like mooney when you have nothing else around you so I, i i think really what this comes down to is is that you know Look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence, right? Where Trevor Lawrence was so so. Uh, I guess he was pretty solid, and you know, in, in week one he was really good. In weeks two and three, and you're thinking, okay, this guy's finally turned the corner. This whole generational quarterback thing that he was billed as coming, you know, coming into the draft, it looks like he's finally turning into that guy. Well, got news for you: the last two weeks, Trevor Lawrence has not looked good at all. And then you look at a guy like Zach Wilson, who really looked pretty damn bad most of last year looked terrible in the preseason before he got hurt his first two games since coming back I mean he looked terrible for three quarters last week and then all of a sudden turning on the fourth quarter looked pretty dang good again so I think what we're seeing is and and those are two situations that are considerably better situations than what the Bears have in line with Justin Fields right now in terms of his supporting cast but I think what we're seeing is that One, we talked about this quite a bit is quarterback development is not linear. It's never going to be, every quarterback's going to be different. Every situation is going to be different, especially for young quarterbacks. There's always going to be those up and down, you know, uh, up and down games within the first few seasons. Uh, But also what we're seeing is we're finally starting to see Justin Fields Normalize back to the rest of the pack, right? Where really Mac Jones hasn't looked that good this year. Obviously, you know, Trey Lance didn't look good against the Bears and then went down super early in week two, and he's gone for the rest of the year. But what we're seeing is maybe not quite the highs, and maybe his lows were a little lower, um, you know, than than Wilson and Mac Jones and, and Lawrence, but we're starting to see good and bad and I think that again it's still five games in the season we have to see what happens I think that this is going to be a good opportunity even on a short week for him to build another good game but then after that he's going to face a few tough defenses in a row and I think that that's kind of where we're we're going to see the back and forth a little bit in terms of you know there's going to be growth some weeks there's going to be you know probably a step back or whatever the next week but I think that he's finally starting to fall in those norms uh, uh, right where the other quarterbacks are. And again, hopefully we'll start seeing some of those 300 yard games. Hopefully we'll start seeing some of those games where you're like, okay, you know, this is the guy that we were hoping to see, but the nice thing is, we're only five games into the season. There's still 12 games left to go. Um, and, you know, Justin Fields over the last two weeks has been on the right trajectory. Now we just kind of have to see how things are going to go, um, you know, how the receiving core is going to shake out. Um, hopefully the the offensive line continues to kind of stabilize out a little bit. I think, again, it's kind of the same thing with Fields. I think we're going to see good and bad performances. Um, and, you know, obviously these, these next few weeks, after the Washington game, the Washington game will be a little interesting, but I think these next few weeks after that, facing some of the defenses and the defensive fronts um, that they're going to face. I mean, New England, man, I mean, look, look look at what the lions had the highest scoring offense in the league had the most productive offense in the league They didn't score a point against New England, you know? So it, it's just one of those things where, again, because of what the bears have around fields, because fields is still young, there's going to be some up and downs, but I, I don't know how you couldn't feel, considerably better than you did two weeks ago if you've been watching this team at all.
2: Yeah, yeah and, you know, Thursday night presents another opportunity for the Bears to, to build on this and maybe get back to 500 before they hit the road for two games. Before we talk about our matchup with the Commanders, we got to let our guests here on this podcast know about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is the best place to compare odds from all major sports books out there. If you're betting on any games, you know, the MLB playoffs, the NFL, college football, NBA's returning, NHL's returning, we'll have the World Cup in a couple of months here, college basketball's coming up as well. You want to go to odds Trader to get all the different odds and signup codes from all major sports books to help you get the best deal and to help you win all of your bets. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, projected game day weather, up-to-date injury reports, all things that are going to help you make your best informed bets possible. My favorite part about Odds Trader, and you probably heard me talk about this before, is the bet tracker. It's easy for bettors to keep records of all their games and all the activities instead of kind of having to scribble it on a piece of paper or anything like that. Just open it up you check. you got all your bets listed, all your games listed, um, your wins, losses, all that. And you look at Odds Trader, they have handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores, bet tracking, player statistics, projected game day weather, key game statistics, and much, much more. Go to OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. Once again, it's OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Aaron, here in week six, it's a short week for the Bears. They get a Washington Commanders team that is fresh off of a loss to Tennessee. You look at this team, and Carson Wentz had a couple good weeks and a couple bad weeks. They're a little banged up as well, but it's going to be a good challenge for the Bears' offense and defense. Now, the Bears are at home, depending on which book you look at. Um, it's either bears minus one commanders minus one and looking at that thursday night football game last week between the colts and broncos you think we're going to see a similar game where it's gonna be painful for the national audience to watch or you think this is one of the weeks where one of these teams maybe breaks out
3: i, I think very likely because most thursday night games are not overly entertaining. I think we're probably looking at another, you know, long, ugly game. And I, I don't know that he'll be, I, I don't know that it can be any worse than what we saw with the uh, with that game last week. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm definitely not expecting a pretty game. I do expect that the bears are going to have a pretty good chance. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I don't know how the bears at any sports book right now can be um, home dogs to a team that's one and four that frankly doesn't look good at all and doesn't have a whole lot going on but yeah no i think this is going to be one of those ugly you know low scoring games i don't know if i'd say a defensive struggle because i don't know that either defense is overly good but i think that you know both offenses have had a tendency to struggle i think the one thing to note that is kind of interesting to me is that the commander's defense has given up at least 20 points a game through five games a season. So this is kind of one of those where again, you know, obviously 20 points, isn't anything great. um, But this is kind of why I feel like if the bears can hold up on the interior, especially this feels like a game where the bears offense should be able to kind of build off of what they did last week, but yeah, it's going to be, I don't know if I'd say an interesting game, um, but it's definitely, I I expect it to be another close game. And, you know, I I do think that this is a a game that the bears can and should win. But as we've seen on these Thursday night games, you just never really know what you're going to get. And the product's never usually very good.
1: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.
2: Yeah, watch that Broncos and Colts game, man. That was terrible. Um, but you're right. I mean, you're on a short week. You know, the Bears are going to hold walkthroughs this week. It won't really fully be practices. Um, but the Bears will get one player potentially back, um, depending on how things go. As right before we recorded this here on Monday. They announced they've activated wide receiver Nikhil Harry off of IR. They They finally got through the window. They opened the window last week. Now, the Bears need some help at wide receiver, Aaron. We've talked about it in this podcast. Dante Pettis making mistakes. Guys like that, you know, Amir Smith, Marset. you know, EQ St. Brown has just kind of been, eh, he's not really doing anything special. Harry was brought here from the seventh round pick, didn't work out in in New England. His college tape is awesome. He was really good in Arizona State. I don't know if we'll see him right away this week. I do think, I'm not saying he can make the passing game totally better, I do think it's a better option for Justin Fields to kind of have that big body possession type wide receiver. I do think it'll make a little bit of an impact. But when you look at Harry, it kind of feels like the Bears. I mean, it's just, you know, high risk or high reward, low risk on this. You're giving up a future seventh round pick. What's the worst going to happen? He flames out. Okay, whatever. It's a seventh rounder in next year or what, 2024, I believe it is if he contributes, you might have a steal on your hands. And, you know, I, I think they really need kind of that big body receiver to kind of open things up in the passing game. But this is another week here where Chicago can get on track and, and, and should, you know, win this game. Cause I look at the schedule, man, there's not many winnable games coming, coming up. And I, I think if they don't take care of this one to be really disappointing.
3: Yeah, No, I agree. and, and, It'll be interesting to see. I mean, that's kind of the thing is, unfortunately, some of their bigger addition, I shouldn't say bigger, I put that, I guess should I put that in quotations, uh, bigger additions at the receiver position have have not played a whole lot this season. Obviously, uh, you know, you look at Byron Pringle, who was banged up, played the first few weeks of the season and then went on IR and he was you know, didn't really factor in at all. And then Keel Harry, who they traded for in the offseason, and some people had some high hopes with him being a former first-round pick. And obviously the the high ankle sprain happened there. I mean, he didn't even get a, a preseason game in, um, you know, before before he got hurt. And then we're just seeing him for the first time. And then Bayless Jones Jr. Uh, also missed the first three games of this season uh, with a hamstring injury. and He's played three total snaps on offense. I, I, I do think that it's kind of getting to that point, though, where – you know, at some point in time, you know, somebody's got to step up outside of Darnell Mooney. And and really Mooney hasn't even stepped up that much, but he's at least getting more involved in the offense, but they need to have a more reliable number two target, whether that's Valis Jones Jr., uh, which I kind of feel like they're going to continue to kind of baby him in a little bit and sprinkle him into situations where it makes the most sense. But I think Nikhil Harry's a guy, like you pointed out, big body on the outside, uh, doesn't have a lot of speed, um, you know, hands have been a little questionable at times, but I mean, he was a very well thought of uh, prospect coming out of uh, Arizona. It was Arizona State, right? I want to say it was Arizona State. I have to go yeah, back and look yeah. at that, yeah. Arizona but- State. Yeah. But I mean, if you, if you go back and watch what he did in college and then you look and see, you know, just like, if you just look at his numbers from his first, you know, three years in a league, it's kind of shocking. I mean, I've never really been a huge fan of receivers that don't run the greatest routes and don't have speed. Um, But I mean, this guy was dominant in college. So again, that doesn't mean that he's going to come in and light the world on fire, but you kind of have to hope at at some point in time um, that one of these guys step up because I think you need two quality options moving into the off season to kind of build off that. Cause right now, I mean, they basically have Darnell Mooney who's been uh, you know, pretty disappointing so far along with this entire offense. And you don't really have anything else after that. I mean, again, EQ St. Brown, good number four, number five, but you need somebody that's going to fill in as that, you know, that number three receiver and you go and try to find, you know, that number one, uh, number one receiver uh, this off season. But yeah, I I think it's going to be, again, like I said, I don't know that it's going to be an overly interesting game, but it should be close. Uh, It's a game that the bears should be in and they should win. Um, Obviously, you know, you don't want to guarantee anything because again, you know, the bears haven't played that well. And I know that obviously Washington's one and four, but I mean, this is a, a battle of two, not good teams really. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And like you pointed out, man, I mean, that that new England game is going to be interesting just because you don't know what you're going to get out of them on a weekly basis. And it looks like Mac Jones should be back for that game, but uh, Bailey Zappi hasn't been playing that bad. And then obviously after that, the Cowboys, I mean, somehow, some way they're four and one too. And then Miami has been playing, you know, well when they actually have their quarterback under center and he's, you know, not concussed. So yeah, they've got a they've got a tough string of games coming up uh, after this week. So I think, at least from from a morale standpoint, I think getting the win on Thursday, especially with basically almost like a you know a short bye week uh, coming from that Thursday night game to that Monday night game uh, against New England, I think that that would be kind of a nice little boost. And and again, really the wins and the losses don't matter. We've said that pretty much all offseason, even in the preseason. Uh, but it it would be nice to see them going in three and three, but most importantly, I mean, just seeing some continued development offensively and defensively, hopefully we'll get Jalen Johnson back this week as well. Um, and we can kind of start to see the team that we were hoping to see on paper uh, when week one started.
2: Yeah. And just kind of looking at Washington from a bears offense perspective. I mean, you look at Washington's defense overall, total defense yards per game they're pretty much middle of the pack 345.6 passing they're they're really more um middle of the pack as well they're giving up 235 through the air um on defense this year then you look at the rush defense it's a little better um I, I want to say it's I mean looking at it right here it is more yeah it's still middle of the pack like 12 13th but 110.6 yards on the ground per game they're giving up so I mean, there's opportunity there for the Bears to kind of take advantage of this defense. The the commanders don't do anything special from what I've seen from them um, defensively. And then, you know, looking over offensively, I already talked about the struggles of Carson Wentz and and total yards per game. They're they're kind of middle of the pack, 341. Passing Wentz has had some decent numbers in total yards, but but overall, I mean, points per game, they're up there a little bit. or no, they're actually towards the bottom. I'm sorry, I had a, I had the list wrong. But they're only averaging 18 points per game. And the Bears have actually improved. They went from 16 points per game to 17.2, both still near the bottom. So, yeah, I, I think there's an opportunity for the Bears' offense to kind of get things on track here. I mean, like I said, you know, the commander's defense doesn't do anything, you know, too special. Nothing to me is like, oh, okay, they're, they're definitely going to dominate in this area. And, and it's a game where it's going to be bad for Justin Fields. I, I think it's a game where Justin Fields – um could take advantage of some things out there, especially um, with the struggles they had against Tennessee as well, coming back this past week. So Aaron, I guess to wrap things up though, let's, let's give our X factor and our score. Um, I went first last week, so you can go first this week. Who's your X factor in the game then give me a score prediction.
3: Yeah, I think the the X factor for me is going to be the Bears' interior line against the the, uh, interior defensive line of Washington. Obviously, Washington's got some horses up front on the interior, and I think that that's going to be a big key uh, for the Bears' offense to get going. I mean, really – Again, on paper, this is a this is a favorable matchup for the Bears overall. Uh, Washington's defense hasn't been terrible when you look at it in terms of like the yardage that they're giving up, but they are averaging giving up I think it's like twenty five or twenty six points a game. So I mean, there's definitely there's some there's some ground to be made there. Um, and so I, I think that's going to be interesting. I think also the interior is going to affect uh, the running game a decent amount as well. Um, as far as a score prediction man it's tough because normally like this is a type of game where i'd kind of stick in that 20s range but you know with it being a, a thursday night game i think it makes it a little bit less predictable um i think i'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to go Bears 20, uh, Washington 17. I think we're looking at another close game. Uh, I could see the Bears. I don't know if I'd say the Bears in a blowout, but I could definitely see the Bears being in control for the majority of the game and winning this game uh, relatively easily. But, again, it's a Thursday night game. Frankly, the Bears have been extremely unpredictable. So, yeah, I'll go 2017 Bears uh, with the X factor being that interior offensive line.
2: Yeah, for me, you know, that X factor is going to be the run game for the Bears. They they've they really struggled the past two weeks, but they faced some pretty good fronts. You know, the Giants had a good front. The Vikings had a good front last week. Um, Bears, I think they, you know, between Herbert and Montgomery, they only had 41 yards and and Fields had 47 rushing, I want to say all by himself. So, you know, they got to get that run game going because I think that's going to help the pass game a little more. And I I think it's going to open up the play action as well. You know, for me, looking at this game, it's going to be tough because it is a short week. It's, It's two bad teams. But I think this is an opportunity for the Bears to build on this and get some consistency. I'm going to say the Bears are going to win this game. I think it's going to be 24 to 17 Bears. Um, I, I just think the Bears are the better team. If you can get the Bears plus one in any of the sports books, take it. Um, you know, that that almost to me seems like a really good bet. Um, even the Bears minus one. I, I just think the Bears defense, especially if they get Jalen Johnson back, will have to be kind of um, monitor that. I think they're just—they're going to find a way to get to Carson Wentz. They're going to have a good game, kind of rebound after they won't have to see Justin Jefferson um, <laughs> this week. So yeah, I'm going to go Bears. What did I say, 24-17. So I, I do think Chicago win this one. Get back to 500, and then an, an interesting stretch comes up where they have. Two straight on the road at New England and at Dallas. One prime time, and Dallas has looked pretty good with Cooper Rush back there. So we'll see. The Bears have to stack some wins here if they want any any sort of chance to kind of stay "quote unquote" in the playoff hunt. Spoiler: they're not. But yeah, I'll go with that as my expected prediction.
3: Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, it's it's uh, again, man. there's a lot of unpredictability with the Bears anyway, and then you uh, you factor in the. The Thursday night aspect of this, and yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close game one way or another. Um, but yeah, I, I this is a game that the Bears should win. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm just still surprised that they're they're underdogs in a game that they're playing at home against a one and four team. I mean, the the Bears. I, I guess you could make the argument that the Bears could be one and four as well. But I mean, they could very easily be, uh, you know, three and two at this point as well. So you know, it's just kind of one of those situations where. I guess we'll have to see what happens. And obviously Vegas is not a big fan of rebuilding teams as a whole. They haven't been a big fan of the bears all year. I mean, the bears have been favored one time all season, um, you know, through the majority of sports books. So we'll see, I don't know. Um, You know, hopefully it'll be a more entertaining game than it was last week. And then after that, we got, you know, a a decent little break for them to kind of get everything figured out and hopefully uh, you know, hopefully things kind of start getting a little bit better on the offensive front. And I think, you know, most importantly, I think we're just kind of hoping that Justin Fields continues to, uh, you know, progress the way that we've seen him progress lately.
2: Where can everyone follow you on Twitter at and uh, where can everyone read your work, Aaron?
3: Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL uh, on Twitter and you can read my work at the TheBearReport.com.
2: Awesome stuff. Yeah, you can follow The Bear Report on Twitter at Just JustBearReport. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach. Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Really help us. We'll help Pick for Poll's podcasts as well. Read all of our work on the Bear reports It's a short week, so we'll do our best to cover this upcoming game and recap uh, the, the Vikings game. But yeah, stick with us there. And until next time, everyone, please stay safe.